This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Manhattan. Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on? Uh, incredible uh, win tonight. That fourth quarter was a thing of beauty. I think, uh, as you mentioned, the defense has been the biggest uh, key in why the Knicks have to take both games. Uh, I mean, the Friday night was a thing of beauty, holding them to under 80 points mm. in this area in the NBA. And tonight or excuse me, this afternoon, with that explosive of a uh, Cavs offense to really shut them down here. I know they in the second half it was a lot more competitive, but Donovan Mitchell has been completely taken out of his game. Brunson has really just dominated him head-to-head so far. And I know a lot of people are upset, you know, this offseason when they didn't get uh, Mitchell. And Brunson's shown why he's an MVP candidate. The guy's incredible. Just He's just owned the, the tempo and pace of the game every time – Cavs took the lead there, made their, uh, made their run, took the lead. He just hits big shots. To me, Josh Hart, obviously, huge trade. He's showing why he's been such a big factor. And R.J. Barrett, he's the X factor. If he plays well, this Knicks team can make a, a legitimate run. they got to get that from him. And I think Coach Tibbs made the right call in keeping the lineup the way it is and keeping Randall off the floor. This is big boy basketball. If you're not going to be productive, you got to sit. And you saw down the stretch of the fourth quarter there, they really put their foot on the neck of the Cavs and didn't let them get in the closer. So just incredible all around. But the Knicks fans don't get don't get uh, too hyped up until the series is over. This Cleveland team is too dangerous, and they can win three in a row. So until they get that fourth win, I'm not going to celebrate anything because being a long like long time Knicks fan, <laughs> we're not used to too much success. So everybody, <laughs> calm down with the series is over. It's not over until they close it out, and hopefully they can do it in Cleveland. That would be ideal. If not, game six is going to be the season there at the at the Mecca. So uh, great win great win today, and uh, look forward to uh, game five in Cleveland, and hopefully they can take them out there because I really don't want to go to a game six. Thanks for the All time. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. You make a lot of good points. It's true. You don't want to, you, you want to get want to get it over with. Don't want to give don't want to give them life. Want to put them out. They're reeling, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Defensively, like I said before, they've been this Nick team has really turned it up defensively. They really have. They've done a really good job closing out on threes. They, they've just done, they've played well. Has there been look? Has there been individual? If you if if you were a head coach, did they play perfect defense? No. You would go to different plays. Look what you did here. You didn't switch. You didn't do this. Yeah. Okay. But for the most part, they were phenomenal defensively. And the biggest thing is their domination of the boards and how they are protecting the lane. Robinson and Hardenstein have been unbelievable. They've been dominant. They've wiped, they've wiped away the boards and they've blocked shots. They've been great. There's nothing you can see. There's nothing you can't say about them. Nothing. And as far as RJ Barrett is concerned, look. All eyes were on him from the beginning of this series. Because first he was involved in the possible trade for Donovan Mitchell, then he's not involved in the possible trade for Donovan Mitchell, then he is, and they don't make the deal. And they don't make the deal, the word comes out, because, well, they didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett. And so now R.J. Barrett, and remember, Jalen Brunson was already here as a free agent, so he was already signed. So you were looking to maybe add another, and 
look, we took the phone calls here. Oh, it's going to be too small of a backcourt if you get Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. It's going to be this. I don't want that. I don't want them. And then Mitchell goes out to score 71. Look, is dominant in Cleveland. Oh, the Knicks should have got Mitchell. The Knicks should have got Mitchell. So we get it. It goes back and forth. But what wasn't back and forth was the fact that R.J. Barrett really had to show up in this series. Because if he was... If he did not perform well, it was going to be a lot of pressure on him. And everybody was going to say, see, we should have got Donovan Mitchell instead of keeping R.J. Barrett. And once again, I don't know that whether he performs well or doesn't perform well is a deciding factor as to whether you should have, should not, or whether you should have or should not have gotten him. But the bottom line here is this. You fall in love with your players that you drafted. They're closer to you. Of course, the Knicks fans love Jalen Brunson. But there's a special spot in their hearts for R.J. Barrett because you drafted him. He's one of yours. Just by the fact of them chanting his name. Do you know what chanting his name had to make him feel like tremendous today? Hearing his name chanted instead of booed, (laughs) which he heard a lot of this year at the Garden. So for him to show what he's been able to do, and especially today. And once again, I'm not minimizing what he did in Game 3 because he... That was great. He was able to put points on the board and be a contributor. But today, with Julius Randle struggling, how he was able to give you some meaningful baskets, going, putting his putting the ball on the deck and getting to the 10. What he was able to do going downhill, put the three-point shooting aside because he was open, you have to put him up. That's what they tell you. These, these were major points in key spots during the game today. This was by far a more impactful R.J. Barrett performance than it was in game three. If it wasn't game three, it was icing on the cake. In this one, they needed him in key spots. And what I liked about him was he is aggressive, but controlled aggressive, going to the basket, picking his spots, even passing on a couple of occasions as well. Brian Timbayshore. Brian, you're next on 98.7. Hello. Hey, Brian, what's up? Very great game, very key, uh, really maturing team, rapidly maturing team, very well coached by Thibodeau today, staying with that unit at the end. Uh, I, and Isaiah Hartenstein, big-time game. He really, in my opinion, was one of the very key factors, big rebounds, big blocks, making shots, handling the ball with authority, They all did. There was a period in the third quarter. You got a little scared. You know, uh, the other team was coming back. But uh, I just really was wonderful. It was a wonderful game. Barrett, wonderful to see him. Obi Toppin getting a key basket here and there. Hart just seemed like it gelled really well. And Hartenstein, I just, so impressive. Him and Mitchell Robinson, you you know, one or the other, they're down there. They're in the, in the, by the, by the rim. Doing the doing the best they can, making you know superb plays, uh, you know, take the victory, go from here. Next game, you know, whatever. But the team, I think, grew like by leaps and bounds in the last two games. Coming back from that terrible game too, mm. you know, coming back to you know friendly Madison Square Garden, overwhelming, you know, the environment of support, and uh, you know, so uh, a couple of days of rest, they go back into Cleveland. Maybe they steal another one, or maybe not. But whatever, you know, they're. It feels to me like they're, they have uh, a, a superior team, a better team than Cleveland. You know, I know, uh, you know, it just feels, it feels like this mm. is a series for them to win. 
And uh, just such a well-done job by Thibodeau, I thought. Thank you very much. I agree with you, Brian. Thibodeau's done, done a really nice job so far in this series. And you know why he's done a really nice job in this series? Because the players he's put out there have executed for him. They've done, he, they've done what he's asked them to do. And that always makes your coach or manager look really good. <laughs> makes them look like a genius. When they perform and do what they're supposed to do, when, they're, when they execute the plays the way they've, they've been drawn up, and even if they're not drawn up that way or there's an option or something of that nature, and you execute it, oh, the coach looks like a genius. Looks like a genius. Obi Toppin made Tom Thibodeau look like a genius today by getting some key rebounds. Not, not, wasn't a great shooter. Defense was okay. But key rebounds, going for loose balls, second chances, oh, he, and he was rewarded with more playing time. So it's real simple. And I still believe, and this is going, and I hope it doesn't come to this, but I still believe that in a key moment, you're going to see Miles McBride in the game trying to give a different look to either Garland or Mitchell. You've seen it a little bit, like right before the half, but I think you might see it in longer stretches if necessary. I think you could see it in longer stretches. I do. Because he is such a he is a really good defensive player. Really good. I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not saying nobody can score on him. But I'm saying his footwork and his ability to his footwork and his understanding, reading body language and where and shutting off different and reading the scouting report and shutting off if you're lefty, shutting off the left hand, making you go the opposite way, he does a nice job with those things. And so I expect that you will see him maybe in some more, you know, more meaningful minutes. And the fact that he was able to hit the three today was huge because that gives him confidence and it gives Tibbs confidence that you can go to him. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. When I covered the Knicks, especially back in the 90s, and I get to the calls in a second, and it was a Knicks team that was very successful, a team that was in the postseason, a team that was battling, you know, either Miami or Indiana or Chicago. And when you walked it as a reporter, okay, as a reporter, not even as a player, not even a fan, as a reporter, and you're going in unbiased, right? You're going in to cover the event. That's what you're doing. It's all you're doing. The atmosphere, you felt like, I felt like I wanted to play. Like, I felt like with the atmosphere and the crowd buzzing, and this is like pregame walking in. You just feel like, give me a uniform. Let me go out there, coach. Let me go out there. I can give you, I can get a rebound for you. Just, it just brings you to another level. And so, and, and that's... Playoffs is just, it's just really intense. It is. And so I know, and I was having this conversation with uh, our colleague, Freddie Coleman, when I did a spot on this show Friday night after the Nick win to get them a 2-1 lead at that time. And I'm saying to him, it's, it's, that's why so many out of, uh, opponents come in and have phenomenal games in the building. It's something about the garden. And I know oh, it's New York, and this was you. There's other great places to play, and I'm not saying there. Are, I'm not saying that's the only great place to play in the NBA. But I am saying to you, there is something special about that building, 
And when the fans are in there, as wild and as crazy and as active as they are, there is a feeling in that building that you just, you, you can't describe it. And Jalen Brunson tried to describe it um, to our Lisa Salters Friday night. And he was just like, it's incredible. I, he, he couldn't even put it into words. And you guys know you're in there. You know what it means. You know what it takes. You have that pride in just, you know, bringing that extra level. And like you just heard, that shout of defense and the crowd and everything, it, it, it's where you can't, referees are blowing the whistle. You can't even hear the whistle. It's so loud and crazy in there. And that's the way it was today. And it helped them turn things around. They had a big lead, what, 15, 16-point lead. And you see they give up the lead in the third quarter because you knew that Cleveland was going to make a run. You knew it wasn't going to be like this the whole game. And Cleveland made a run. And, you know, even then, it got quiet a little bit. And even then, the, when it got tied, the crowd was like, oh, trying to you know get, get, the, get the players going again. It's, it's a really, really... It's a great place to watch a Nick game. And it's a great place to watch a Ranger game, too. Harvey won't agree. But it's a great place to watch a Ranger game. Okay? Because it's that it's that type of atmosphere. post Stanley Cup playoff, same thing. Same thing. Oh! You know, give me some skates. Let's go. <laughs> I wasn't, I will admit, I wasn't as, I wasn't, you know, trying to get, uh, I wasn't trying to get the Rangers to give me skates as much as I was trying to get the Knicks to give me a jersey. It's just a little different, a little different, a little different skill set. <laughs> One that I don't have. Larry on skates, not pretty. 1 800 919 3776. Frankie's in Brooklyn. What's up, Frankie? What, what's up, Larry? What's going on, my friend? Talk to me. Frankie? I'm here waiting for you, Frankie. All right, Frankie, All right, Frankie get back to me. Uh, Matt's in Jersey. Matt, we'll talk to you next on 9870 ESPN. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for taking my call. You got it, man. I I, I can't tell you how I'm so proud of this team, man. It's, I mean, the garden was electric. I I just, it's overwhelming, you know, to to see where they've come from this season to now. Just, just three quick points. Mm -hmm. First, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, Coach Thibodeau from finally transitioning from being a 90s coach to a modern-day NBA coach. I mean, he had the, the courage to sit Randall. I mean, this is a guy in the regular season. He would, you know, play Randall in, like, meaningless games against the Rockets. So big shout-out to Tibbs. Second point I want to make, I mean, we, we had seven points from Randall, zero from Quickly, and Grimes wasn't even playing, and we still won. Uh, it just... Mm-hmm. I mean, big, big team win. So I, I definitely agree the Cavs are shook because if you have, I mean, you have three starters that aren't playing pretty much and you still pull out a win, amazing. And the last point I want to make, you know, I really feel, you know, we have the draft capital and everything. I think we need to keep this team together just to continue the growth. And, and yeah, if a big fish is out there, fine. But I, I, RJ finally took that step. And I'm really proud of this team. Just thanks for taking my call. Love this team. Love the city. Go Knicks. All right, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. It is going to be an interesting challenge for the front office, right? Because depending on how far this team goes, you're torn because you have a chemistry with this team. The team works well off each other. They play well together. They seem to like each other. 
But on the other side, you have to realize, do you, you have to analyze, do you have enough talent? Is there enough talent on this team to go past the first round? And of course that, that jury is still out, right? But you have to be honest and evaluate the squad to say, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to improve on. This is what we have to do. We need to go out and get the next step. So this is really, when you look at it, and we'll, once again, we'll wait and see. This is what they'll have to do at the end of the year. Uh, first year under Tibbs, you make the postseason. You go out in five. Last year was a step back because you were you didn't even get to the postseason. This year you're into the postseason. You you're in the uh, five spot, and you're in a good. You're in a first round matchup with the four seed. Back and forth, you have a shot of, of moving on past that four seed and going down further in the postseason. So. It will be a positive because it means that you're moving forward. But is it enough? Because ultimately, your goal is not just to move forward. It's to move forward to a championship. And you need probably another piece or two more for a championship. But you don't worry about that now. Right now, Matt, what you're worried about is how do we get a win in game five? <laughs> That's your focus. How do we get a win in game five to end this and see who we play going forward. That's the next step. It's the next step. 1-800-919-3776. Frank is in Massapequa. What's up, Frank? What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Super you excited about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember when I was young watching them in 99 against the Heat in the conference finals. That's like my last real memory of them playing playoff basketball. But I wanted to touch on uh, Donovan Mitchell and the whole situation with him in the offseason. I just knew if we would have went after him and we would have thrown all those picks and all these players at him, it would have turned into another Carmelo Anthony situation with, Mm. you know, you get the star player, but you don't have the bench, you don't have the depth. And it just would have been how it's been for the past uh, 20 years. And um, I think it's just good to build with the young guys. You look at teams like the Warriors who – you know, they keep it in-house and they and they develop these guys. And then, you know, if you need a star player, you got the, the capital in these players, like, quickly. And, you know, Toppin's making his way up. So, I just, you know, it's exciting. You know, eventually I feel like one of these guys are going to have to go to get mm. somebody a little bit better. But um, very exciting to be a New York Knicks fan right now. I'm, I'm uh, excited to see what comes up for the rest of the playoffs. All right, Frank. Thanks for checking in. And you make a great point. And, and the, I will – follow up your point with this analogy because I was thinking about this just the other day as I was, I was just thinking about it last night. I'm watching the Clippers Sun series and, and this is no disrespect to the Suns bench, but Mikael Bridges off that bench was huge. And you gave up Mikael Bridges. Think about what Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson was to the depth of the Phoenix Suns in the postseason. And look what they are able to do now in Brooklyn. Look what they've done in Brooklyn. And you sent, and listen, I get it. I'm talking about who many considered the best player in the league now, in Kevin Durant. You have an opportunity to get Kevin Durant and win now as opposed to saying, well, if we stick with Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, maybe we'll win in a couple of seasons. But you hurt yourself. You hurt your, you weakened your bench. Now, for you, clearly, if you're Phoenix, you'll make that trade twice. They have no problem making that deal. They made it. And they expect that 
Kevin Durant, if he doesn't do it this year, next year, in the next couple of seasons for them, they have a real shot at winning an NBA championship. That's how they view it. Okay? That's how they view it. That's why they made the deal. But Mikael Bridges coming off that bench was huge. Johnson coming off that bench was huge for them. Huge. And now they've rolled the dice that Kevin Durant's going to mix with the, the squad they have. And they will have a chance to win the title. And they might be right. Although I Durant's got to be more like he was in the game yesterday than he's been in other games. He doesn't want to be the assist leader on that team. They didn't bring him in to be the assist leader. They brought him in to be a primetime player. Or as our colleague Dickie V says, a PTP. Right? And that's what he's got to do. That's what he did uh, yesterday. It was much more, it was a more Kevin Durant type game. But that, that's exactly what you're talking about, right? You give up, you trade Mitchell. There's no R.J. Barrett. As uh, Ray Santiago does a tremendous job producing the Nick and Ranger broadcast for us and also part of the team with DPH on Rothenberg, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. As he mentioned, no R.J. Uh, quickly doesn't get have a breakout year where he's in the running for sixth man of the year. It's a different it's a different situation. It's different. And so it looked like maybe it was the right move. There's no Grimes. There's 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 other players that you just don't have and draft capital. And look, I get the draft capital. Because draft capital are just pieces. You don't know what they're gonna be. You don't know, you know, you haven't been <laughs> you haven't been in the position and you hope to not be in the position where you're waiting on ping pong ball balls to tell you who's gonna be your next player. You hope that that never happens again. But nevertheless, there would have, it would have been a total different look at this team. The bench would not be what it is if you had to move and bring in Donovan Mitchell. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's your decision. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Listen, I understand why folks are a little reeling about Julius Randle. And I get it. Because of the situation, and we'll get to the cause in a second, because of the situation that he had in the previous playoff series with Atlanta, where he was taken out of that series, He did not have a good series. And to me, it affected him all of last season because he did not play well in that series. And now, in the game today, he just didn't have it. And so it's easy to criticize him. Oh, here we go again. Maybe he's not made for this. Maybe he's not made for the big moment. Maybe he's not this. Maybe he's not that. But for me, right now, I'm just ready to say, I'm just ready to wait and see. I'm not going to pass judgment. Uh, I just, I have a feeling because of the fact, and this takes nothing away from Obi Toppin and how well he performed. 
Okay? Nothing to do with it. Takes nothing away. But Tom Thibodeau is so loyal and has been such a loyal guy to his veterans that for him to not bring Randall back in that fourth quarter at any point, I would think it's kind of injury-related. I have nothing to prove it. I'm just going by Tibbs and his reputation and his patterns. Now, clearly, whatever the reason was, if he wasn't ready, it was the right thing to do. Like, clearly. If he couldn't handle it, if he was not able to perform, if he was not himself and risking further injury, there's no question, send him. No problem with it. And he doesn't owe anybody any explanation about why he did. But Randall just wasn't Randall. He wasn't aggressive. He wasn't going to the boards. He he just settled for the three. He looked like he really didn't have uh, you know, the the idea to dribble, except for maybe a couple of occasions. I he just looked out of it. So for me, I'm just going to take it that he just it was it was kind of injury related. But whatever the reason, the positive in that is that you were able to see what Obi Toppin could do in a big time situation on the floor, meaningful minutes, fourth quarter playoff game. And once again, he didn't go 15 of, of, he didn't go 10 of 11. He didn't have eight block shots, but he did what he needed to do. He got your rebounds. He played decent defensively. He got you, uh, he played solid. Gave you some second opportunities, got some loose balls, got some passes, made some, he played well. He didn't hurt you in that game. He did not hurt you at any point in that game. And and when you're when you have a young player that you've put in a big spot like that, you're giving him an opportunity. Okay, you're saying, all right, get ready. <laughs> And he would have gone small. He probably would have brought quickly back in, which is what they did late in the game, right? They they brought quickly back in. They went really like four guards and a center because Cleveland likes to play small too sometimes. And so that's what they that's what they would have done. So you give you give a lot of credit to Obi Toppin, and you give a lot of credit to Tom Thibodeau, and you hope that if it is injury related that Julius Randle will be able to go in game five. If it's performance-related, you hope that he bounces back in a big way on the road. All right? Because really, he struggled, and so did Donovan Mitchell. I mean, two points in the second half for Donovan Mitchell? I mean, (laughs) both those guys struggled today. All right? And if if, if, if you're Cleveland... You're expecting, okay, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is going to have a big game on the floor. Elimination game for us, he's going to be ready to go. That's what you expect. That's what you're looking for. 
And that's what, you know, that's what I'm expecting. Now, listen, if it doesn't happen, I won't be disappointed. <laughs> I can tell you that. I'm good. He can, he can have another game like this. I'm good. But I just don't expect that that's going to happen. That's not what I think you're going to see. I expect that you're going to see the Donovan Mitchell you've seen over the three games in this series. A guy who's been tough to guard. A guy who is willing to make his teammates better. A guy who's not turning the basketball over because he turned it over a lot. There five turnovers today. That led to some, you know, turn that led to some easy buckets for the Knicks, especially when they pushed the basketball. And that's the one thing that and and I know just from a viewing standpoint. That's the one thing that I would say is that when they are challenged, the Knicks, they tend to slow it down. I want to, I, that pace needs to continue to pick up because that's how you got the lead was pushing the basketball, the up-tempo, the, the pace. That's what you needed. That's what got you the lead. And, you know, once, once they're coming back, now you're getting, now you're getting, you know, conservative. Now you're, Slowing it down. Now you're trying to eat clock. No, no, you don't want to eat clock. Let, let's, let's, let's push it. We need to push the tempo again. Don't let them take, it, take you out of your game. And that's what they did. But nevertheless, the Knicks were able to come back and get the win, and that's the most important thing. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's head back to the folds at 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to... Henry in Woodside. Henry, did I say your name correctly? Yes, sir. Yes, you did. All right. Welcome, my friend. All right. I was just calling because um, I was going to say um, I'm very happy um, with the progress the Knicks are making. Uh-huh. Uh, Randall didn't have a great game. He hasn't had a good game for a couple of games. But the pickups that we did with getting Hart and, you know, obviously Brunson, which is a finisher, alleviates a lot of that pressure. And it's more of a team win than just having him, Randall, doing everything. He's going to show up when we need him to show up. He's coming off an injury. So these wins that we're getting without him being at his best just shows where we're going. And I'm very happy to be a Knicks fan. That's what I call to say. Thank you. All right, Henry. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And listen. That's the difference, right, between this team and the team that made the playoffs against Atlanta. It's a better team. It's a deeper team, right? It, okay, could this team not even – this team wouldn't even have been in the game against this Cleveland team with the team that the Knicks had a couple of years ago with Randall performing the way he did today with injury – the way he did today with injury. There's no way you win. There's no way. So it's a deeper team. It's better. And that and it's supposed to be. It's, it's not supposed to be the same. You're supposed to improve your team. So, Henry, you're right. It's a deeper team. It's a better team than what you had a couple of years ago. And you were able to win today without Randall, without Grimes, who was hurt, so you had a good day. You had a good game. You did. Successful. Richardson Manhattan. What's up, Richard? 
Hi, Larry. Let me see if you have the pulse of New York season Nick ticket holders. What do you okay. think the cons- what do you think the consensus is if you were a season ticket holder? You want them to lose game five so that they can come back and win it? <laughs> What's the story, Larry? What would you think? I'll if ask I were, you, and now I'll ask you, what do you think the fans would? Okay, if I what were would a, you do? Let's say Larry Hardestine, 25-year-old Larry Hardestine, no care in the world. Mm-hmm. He has gifted to him Nick season tickets. Yes. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't money. There's no object. They've been nope. paid for. Everything is all taken care. Right. Do you want the Knicks to win game five in Cleveland? No. <laughs> That's an honest answer. Now, what do you think all these Knicks fans are thinking? I think they want them. The they, I think they want them to get it over with because they're ready to go to the next round. I do. Okay. I think so. They so. don't want to see a game. Six. I don't think they want to see a game six. Listen, okay. hey, hey, Richard. They don't mind if it right. just happens to be so that they way. They can't lose. They so can't you're lose. You're saying a Knicks season ticket holder cannot lose. Right. Game five. There's right. no loser. No. Mm-mm. Okay. If they That's lose, fair. if they lose, if they because you're up three one. If they lose, okay, they come back home. I I wanted them to win it on the road because my tickets will go to the next round. Right. But okay, yeah, okay, they win it. They eliminated home. I'm good. Game. Right. You're paying for that extra game, but way below market value, of course. Right. Exactly. And if you really want the money, you can just sell the ticket. Absolutely. For Ten times the amount you paid for it. I'm That's sure. right. <laughs> right. So one way or another, yeah. Actually, you could you could even win by not even going to the game. That's right. That's right. So there's a lot of ways to think it. It is. It is. Larry, let it me is. ask you. Uh, yeah. If the Knicks win this in five or six or whatever, even seven, let's say they win, will that dispel all talk? I mean, all talk. Never, ever to be brought up on sports talk radio, ever, that we should have gotten Donovan Mitchell. No. Or do you think that – oh, it won't? No. Because you what will happen – will still call in and yes. still say we should have made that deal. Yes, because what will happen, Richard, is – and it's a great question. Thanks for the phone call. What will happen is as you get further on and the teams become better – like a Milwaukee, like a Boston, like a Philadelphia. And I say better with them being whole and healthy. And I don't know what they'll be, but let's say whole and healthy. Then those same people will argue that you needed that level of player to help you compete with the higher seeded teams. So no, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. He was listen. He was great. R.J. Barrett was Law. Oh, we love him. We love him. We love what they've done. But okay, when we get to play Milwaukee, it would help us if we had another, we had a better player. So it's always going to be. It's never going to be good enough. <laughs> they'll always, they'll always fantasize that this this player will take us to the next level, and that's ultimately what what you're thinking about. It, does Donovan Mitchell put us closer to a championship? Yes or no? And that's what the, the, the fan is going to be talking about. And that's what they're going to think. So if they lose or they're, or they're being blown, whether it's logical or not, because we're talking fans now, it's, it's emotion. All of them are not, you know, looking at analytically and stat sheets and all the other things. Some are just like, you know what, man, if we had Donovan Mitchell, we'd have beat them. That's the way, that's the way, it's going to, that's the way people think. It's just the way it is. Leo's in Georgia. Leo, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Um, thanks for having me on. Love your show. Thanks, Leo. Um, you know, I'm going to say this. If it wasn't for Julius' rebound in game number one, we, we might lose that game. So 
you know, with everything being said about how poorly he played the past two games, he got us over that hump that first game. Even if he didn't play good that first game, that rebound at the end of the game was where we won that game at. So I'm not going to get mad at him right now, but if he could go into Cleveland and take his game to that level where we could come out of there and, and end this series out the gate, I'll take that. Well, Leo, here's the thing. I'm not sure. Once again, I don't know if, if it's if it's related to the injury he suffered. Let's say his back stiffened up because now we're, we're playing games a little closer, right? This They play Friday, mm-hmm. now they play Sunday. Maybe his back was a little stiffer, okay? So he wasn't loose. He couldn't give you what he gave you. So, I mean, he didn't play badly last game. This game was the one which you really noticed that he just wasn't able to give you much. Thanks for the phone call. So because of in that scenario, which I believe is kind of maybe injury related, um, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them a pass because you won anyway. Okay, so you won. Hey, you have a really you have a deeper team. You were able to win without it. That's good. Now, hopefully he'll give you more effort. He'll be more available for you in game five. And he'll give you a he'll give you, you know, a different scenario, give you a different outcome. And that's what you hope. But I'm not blaming him for today. He just couldn't go. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to make that statement of, oh, here we go. Here we go, him in Atlanta again. I'm not re- I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm just not. I'm ready to just, you know, let's see what he does. Give him a break. Let's see. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey Buddha, you're next on 987. <laughs> What's up, Uncle Blissy? To you, I'm thinking about what my wife called you, Gordon, last week. <laughs> Obi Top is time to shine. <laughs> you remember she said that? Right? Yeah, t- tell I need six lotto numbers too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, players are so interesting as usual. I just want to ask you a quick question. You know, mm-hmm. before I get into it, um, uh, how many playoff series has Donovan Mitchell won? Not many. Not many. Zero. Not many. I think it's zero, bro. Maybe one. You know? Maybe one the most. One the most, Buddha. He he was I think, not. Nah, remember in the bubble? I think they got knocked out in the first round too. That's right. I think, yeah. it was, I think he hasn't won anything. In Utah, mm. they didn't win nothing. No. Mm. You know, and um, see, to me, you know, everybody wanted to make it about R.J. Barrett. You know, and I, I think that was a false narrative in a certain extent. I think um, Danny Ainge was just trying to please the Knicks, yep. and you know, trying to get the best deal he could from Cleveland. I don't think he ever really was going to trade him, but. You look at it now, with all things considered, I, I don't know if I, like at first I told you I, I always felt like he was a bit overrated anyway. Mm-hmm. But you give up, ha, forget about RJ Barrett, but you give up all these other players. If you give, up, if you had to give up quickly, you, know, you, you would have had a, a, a very different team. So I don't even know if you would have won your first round. You know, I, I'm just I'm not as high on him as other people. I mean, some of those sensational offensive players are nice and all that, but I just feel like in crunch time sometimes, you know, he's come up small. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. He's won two playoff series, Buddha. Two? Okay. Yeah, he's won two playoff Sorry. series. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, I shortchanged it. Yeah. Um, listen, two things here. Yes. First of all, I mean, the Nets were playing absolutely dirty. And, um, you know. Apolog- to apologize to the Bi- Tobias Harris. Apologize. No, no, no. Listen, I'm, 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 <laughs> listen, I'm happy. I, listen, in all four games, he played well. He did. And I, but, but, but this is what we needed from him, though. Like, I mm-hmm. needed this Tobias Harris for a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. And I'll give him 100% credit, you know, with Doc Rivers. Now, this is that last game without him beat, mm-hmm. that was probably the best coaching that Doc has done since he was in Boston. 
You know, mm-hmm. talking about in terms of being in a big spot and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and having like a, a, a mountain to climb and things like that, you know, and not having the best team on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it was his best coaching job in a while. But what I was talking with JP is, is that, you know, injury aside from it being, you hope it's not anything serious. You hope right. it's not anything that lingers. But this whole Eastern Conference uh, landscape has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Boston is not as good as we thought they were. See, this is the part where, where you know, everybody wanted to run. Udoka out of town. And all this other stuff. Missoula's the man. Let's extend him. Let's give him a deal. You know, these are the times where you earn that money as a head coach. And he's learning on the job. Yeah. You know, they, they lost that game the other night. You got um, Milwaukee. Now Giannis is hurt, too. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, you know, listen, Miami's going for the juggler. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if, if Embiid wouldn't have been hurt, and I don't know the extent of his injury, I'm hoping that it's nothing, you know, that's going to be lingering through. The, this changes everything. This could be the year we get to the conference finals. In fact, we could be the year. This should be the year that we get to the conference finals. And the two concerns I have, you know, similar to what Tobias was going to do, mm-hmm. not only is Embiid's injury, but you see with James Harden, bro, it's like yeah. he'll give Playoff you James. one good game and then he'll give you two that are not good. And then, you know, see, that's my area of concern. But, you know, let's see how it plays out. You know I mean? Congratulations to the Knicks for doing what they need to do. I'm happy to see that. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, let's just hope we all get what we want. You know what I mean? Exactly. I want the Knicks fans to get what they want to. You know what I mean? I hear you, Boothan. Thanks for checking in, my friend. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.